0: The world as we know it has fundamentally changed. What was once considered the future of work is here now. We are operating in an all-digital, work-from-anywhere world. More and more consumers are supporting brands that align with their personal values. It's the values-driven firms that will rebound sooner and grow faster in this new world. Salesforce has partnered with Singapore Community Radio to bring you this podcast. We want to explore the opportunities and the challenges of this new world. We want to talk about the ways in which we will work going forward, how businesses can be a platform for change, and how technology will continue to impact the world. We have some amazing thought leaders, executives, and community advocates joining us, and we hope it sparks some inspiration and innovation for you. To learn more about us, you can head to our blog at salesforce.com slash AP slash blog.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Future of Work Now podcast by Salesforce. And with me today, I have Anthea Ong, uh, who is the founder of Harsh Tea Bar. And Anthea, you know, we've been hustling and bustling through COVID-19 in this past year. And I'm sure many of us are, you know, just a little bit tired and in spite of being thankful that we are able to sit down here today and have a conversation yeah. uh, and being able to work from anywhere. We find sometimes the need to take a break. Mm. And, you know, I think there's no one better who can tell us <laughs> uh, about how we should be taking a break. And, you know, you you can tell us how to take a break with silence, which is absolutely interesting. Thank so you. thank you so much for sparing time with us today. Um, thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit more about Hush T-Bar. I mean, it's a brilliant concept, but tell us about what you guys do and what you do as well. Right, (laughs) okay.
2: What I do. (laughs) I don't do as much as I did, I think, when I first uh, founded it. (laughs) (laughs) So Hush started actually now six years ago, but Mm. really started as a ground-up social experiment Right? Um, we felt at that time how there was such a lot of anxiety and stress, yeah. um, especially, obviously, at the workplaces. Yep. And at the same time, we found that there was a real challenge in folks like the deaf, people who are hard of hearing Mm -hmm. um, and people who live with mental health conditions finding not just any job, but empowering jobs, right? Um, That's sustainable. So, so bring all of that, you know, a bit of that triangulation of, um, you know, all the different factors. um, Harsh was born, but actually the truth is if you go, a bit further back, okay. it really started because of my own um, personal collapse, right? Because about fourteen years ago, I had a, a major, major um, instant, you know, of everything that you can think of you know, going wrong, went wrong with me. I was nursing a broken heart and broken marriage uh, that unfortunately led to a broken business as a collateral damage um, that actually left me with only $16. And so I think um, that was a deep, dark hole, obviously, um, that I was in. And, and actually what saved me was silence, was the practice of silence, um, in the form of meditation, in the form of journaling, in the form of walking in a park. Right. Uh, so it was silence also, um, that was the connection with myself. And because I actually literally got saved, um, you know, by silence, um, uh, I was very called to bring this to the workplace. Right. Um, where I mean, obviously I came from the workplace. Yeah. I came from 30 years of being in the corporate sector. And so, so there, was, there was this really strong um, calling to bring um, silence into the workplace as a way of um, supporting better mental well-being, yep. um, bring a bit more connection with itself, but also, actually, mm-hmm. I call, to bring um, a deeper sense of empathy. Okay right for those who are different to us
1: we, we it's lovely to see how you've picked yourself up from you know that dark hole that you you spoke about yeah and putting it into practice for other people as well and affecting you know the community at large and the corporate life is like as like you said, no it's a very, very stressful environment, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, totally. But it's interesting, the concept of silence, as you said, you mm. know. Why is that so important, though? I think in yeah. a lot of cases, we are often told to <laughs> communicate, to speak to each other, to listen, and the importance of listening. And, you know, silence does not come into play at all yeah. uh, when, when we speak about all of that. But yeah. how is it important uh, for mental well-being yeah. uh, be it great question. You know, as an individual or even how it then affects the workplace
2: yeah no it's a great question so um, so there are two parts to it, and you're absolutely right, right? In terms of um, this whole concept of uh, connection, communication, um, it's it's very much about um, words, uh, yeah. and, you know, and spoken words. But you know, I would I would challenge that it doesn't mean that when we are speaking and communicating, we're actually necessarily connecting, mm. right? Um, sometimes, very often, um, I remember someone saying this, if you can't understand my my silence, you'll never understand my words. Wow. Uh, and I think that's so powerful because it's we hide behind words, Heiko. I yes. think we sometimes say things because of certain social expectations and norms. And I think when we're silent, it's when we come back to a, a, a much more truer, uh, place of who we are, yeah. right? And, and so that self-connection truly can only come if we have a moment of pause. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why also when you talk about music, the best kind of music is not where, you know, you have every bit, there's a sound, you know, you kind of intersperse it with, um, some pauses and some breaks, right? Mm-hmm. So same thing with the human connection. Um, so at the individual level, I think that, connection with the self can only come about if we have silent pauses.
1: Um,
2: If we don't, we are literally living a very automatic life. We're just just going along with the sounds, the chatter, um, and the noise. At the workplace, which is a great question, I think at the workplace, how it helps um, the workplace, how silence helps the workplace comes from, again, having every employee uh, feel that they are not being caught up Blindly right, yeah. following orders here, stress here, jet lines here, and all of that, and never having that moment of planning, yeah. of um of processing, uh, and of reflecting, and and I think reflecting in the workplace is very important because sure. um there, there would not be feedback, there would not be improvement, there mm. would not be therefore um engagement yeah. right. Uh, and so for a workplace, that's really important because Definitely. employee engagement. Um, is a very high determinant for both performance, yeah, but also mental well-being.
1: Yeah, it is something that I think a lot of companies have put into their work streams and their planning, um, especially with uh, through the pandemic, right, and yes. moving forward. Yeah, um, and yeah. you know we we talked about about stress. I can't think of a period that has been. <laughs> more stressful on the <laughs> world than, you know, than, than the pandemic of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. So, it, it, but there's a dilemma then about mm. on whether we should press on, whether, you know, the workforce should press on and just work through, you know, COVID <laughs> and just, you know, to show our bosses that, oh, you know what? It's tough, but I can make it. Mm. I can do this. And, and this is how I'm of value. How detrimental can that be? And how can silence probably help?
2: Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, this has been a bittersweet year in the sense that uh, we've never had it this bad with yeah. mental health, right? Um, in fact, some of the recent studies have shown in Singapore, one in seven Singaporeans experience a mental health condition, right, uh, in their lifetime. And I would, I would challenge that that's probably um, a very conservative number, Um, because that was actually only on certain um, conditions. Um, I think we're moving more towards the one in four, right? But at the workplace, the latest study has shown (laughs) one in two people working in Singapore since COVID-19. So this is a very recent one. It's April or May kind of a study. Um, one in two people working in Singapore yes it's it's every other person has actually reported a decline at first decline in mental health Um, and that that comes from three parts of it right Um, working from home I mean never mind obviously the stressor of contracting COVID-19 you know the isolation the massive disruption to our lives as we know it right Mm. but at work we are now working from home right there is a deep sense of isolation and and social withdrawal because none of us here can deny that actually a big part of going to work there is a social system there yeah right absolutely. Um, and and it sometimes is the most unstructured, informal connections at the water dispenser, the ones who are smoking, smoking corner, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. all ki- all that is really important in, yeah. in helping you with your mental well-being. Now we don't have all of that. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is very scary. Strangely, we have gone into this back-to-back uh, Zoom yeah, meetings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know, that that has never happened in the past because we would, even if we had meetings in the, in the office, Heiko we still have to walk, right? In between meetings. Yeah. Now we don't even have to walk it's and do anything. There. It's and It's just like, clicking on the green button. Yeah. So now even more than before, that pause, that silence. And I'm not talking about, you know, very serious kind of meditation. You must go and find two hours to (laughs) sit cross-legged in one corner, you know, burn your candles. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about even taking like three deep breaths, Mm. right, having that pause between your Zoom meetings, um, making sure that you take time out, right, Um, to clearly demarcate between work and um, and home life, yeah. right? Even though now you don't have the physical segregation. Sure. That's why COVID-19 is bittersweet, sweet because I have not seen um, higher numbers of people with mental health challenges and illness. Um, but the sweet part of it is that people are now becoming, first of all, more aware yep. of mental health challenges and talking more about it. Uh, but secondly, more people are out in the parks. More people are exercising. Yeah. Um, more people are finding new ways to connect, um, even with themselves. And that's where silence really comes in, in a big way. I, I think that's why we at Hush have strangely, you know, um, experienced a boost. Yeah, well, awesome. Yeah, we have, which is awesome. No, I almost, almost thought we we're going to have to close down because <laughs> we, we did everything in person.
1: Ah, so we bring okay, the entire
2: okay. team of deaf and people with mental health conditions plus the teas and the cups and all of that mm-hmm. to the workplaces because we have a mobile tea bar, right? We yep. don't actually have a fixed place. Um, so when COVID hit, all the um, clients canceled our projects. Okay. And I really thought we we're going to only survive for, for three months because that's what the results could sustain us. The team was amazing when I challenged them to think about is there any way we can bring the experience online? online. Because it's all in silent and it's all uh, facilitated by the deaf. Mm. So the deaf um, is very much a group of people where their in-person connection is very important, Michael, because their language is very embodied language. Yeah. If you're a theatre actor or, uh, you know, um, yeah, and all artists, you will know that it's a very visceral, bodily kind of thing. So they were quite resistant, but we did. And now...
1: <gasps> brilliant, yeah. I think you guys are doing a brilliant job taking you. that online. Um, and involving the deaf community yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. absolutely brilliant. I think we've yeah. got a lot to learn. The ones who are hearing have lots to learn in terms of communication and yes. appreciating silence from the uh, deaf, right?
2: You're so spot on. I'm so glad you <laughs> said that. Um, in fact, when I first learned how to sign, right, uh, and and while well, the listeners won't see this, so one of the signs of anxiety is this, right? So I was just doing this, la, and then smiling okay. away, which I usually do. And I was told off. I said, no, you are actually signing anxiety. You got to bring your entire body as the language um, medium, as the channel. So I, I cannot do this, I must do, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I think this is where, in some ways, it's very therapeutic because when you are actually um, communicating, right? Yep. Even though it's in silence, uh,
1: yeah, uh-huh. right?
2: You are truly connecting. That's
1: the Because most important your thing.
2: entire body, your entire being is actually speaking or communicating how you feel. And also if you're communicating with a deaf person, um, you cannot look away and then start looking at your screen on the phone now, because you are actually signing. So I've learned so much about being completely present, right, in in the way we connect and communicate from the deaf, um, which is why I think we need to honour that wish to be known as a language um minority
1: yeah right
2: instead of a disability group yeah yeah, because they are actually fully functional yes, um it's obviously. just that they have a different way of communicating yeah. uh and in some ways which is why when i first called them hearing impact i was also told off oh. they told me that if you call us hearing impact and they we're going to call you deaf impact <laughs> because we don't because, think we're impaired yeah,
1: there's nothing wrong with that it's and not no, it's not an impairment right
2: it's not it's not right uh, and I think um so they, so they see themselves as a cultural minority if okay. you know what I mean because it's a it's a different culture they have so it's been absolutely fascinating for them to come forward share all of this and therefore in the process of um, bringing this to the workplace, not only do we bring silence to the workplace, because I tell you, we people are very good. (laughs) Even hearing folks, when you have the deaf person next to you, even you are very chatty, you will stop. You will stop. So you will, whether you like it or not, you will experience silence, you will will pause. And then on top of that, they get to hear and learn from the deaf about, you know, a whole different way of being. And that I think builds empathy and um, perspective taking.
1: Empathy is something that I think everyone needs to just do a little bit more in yeah. our community, oh, right? Yeah, trying so to identify with, some, with with other people as much as we can. You've spoken about how the deaf see themselves as a different language, a different yeah. minority. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. If we are able to see any kind of, except mm. any other spoken language, as A different way of communicating, surely we can appreciate how the deaf are communicating. Exactly,
2: exactly. In fact, I think, you know, how. I mean, I'm Chinese, but I have Malay blood. Um, but, but you know, through it all, I've learned bits of uh, Malay. Mm-hmm. I've learned bits of, you know, very little bit of Tamil, but certainly a lot of different dialects, right, yep. in the Chinese language system. So why is it that we can't do the same, right? Learning a few signs and, and actually seeing them as just another um, language group amongst yep. us, you know, uh, or cultural group, Yeah. right? Okay.
1: Okay in terms of bringing all of that to the workplace yeah. you know it might be something it might be intimidating to adopt all of these right, in the workplace right, right. Okay. Um, i would see perhaps you know certain leaders say that or oh, i don't know if this is something that we should be doing and how effective it's going to be it's slightly different to yeah. to to the usual stuff they're oh, doing oh yes completely um, I think internal communications is how, you know, it's become even more important in terms of engaging with your employees. Yeah. As how important that's that's come up to be. Some companies perhaps are taking the more conservative approach and mm. saying that, oh, we just need to call them up a little bit more on zoom (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) and 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 then speak to them a little bit more and and find out about them. that's all great no it is is, is, it's not dissing it yeah Yeah, but but it it, (laughs) but it how do you think that um you and your team are able to incorporate all of this in a workplace such as that it's some it becomes something natural almost second nature Mm, to
2: them mm, it's a great question and i think. I think maybe uh, let me provide a little bit of context to what the harsh experience is like. Sure. Right? Me so, too. yeah, so very quickly, the harsh experience, even though now it's also a digital experience, uh, there are four zones to it. And the zones are not physical zones, they are okay. experience zones. So, the first one is what we call intention. Um, and in this zone is where you are being guided. Um, into a space of silence uh, gradually okay right um so you're not immediately saying hey huckle just you know, take a cup of tea and just shut up kind of <laughs> thing, right because that's, that's, that's very that's very abrupt yeah. and very abrasive so what we would do is to have our deaf partners and facilitators work with this hearing folks from the company right um, to learn signs uh, of emotions mm-hmm. right so they start to learn signs uh, of emotions as a way of sort of interacting with the deaf, but in doing so, we are actually unwittingly, um, well, actually it's by designer, but they think it's unwittingly, <laughs> um, allowing them to sort of get into a softer place, okay. right, of thinking about emotions, which obviously, as you know, in most workplaces, emotions have no place, Yeah. but actually that's so unreal if you think about it because we are humans, yeah. how can we have no emotions right so that that already in that first zone helped them to ease into it so that by the time they get to the second zone which is hush okay um that's completely silent um they are already very comfortable and in yeah. some ways they already know how to say thank you when the dev is actually guiding them um to do certain things so in hush is where they get to go through a um a breathing um, and and some people will call it mindfulness um, okay. session, right? So you drink your tea um, in a in a slow. Deliberate, intentional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you actually uh, synchronize that with your breathing. Okay. right. So the whole idea there is obviously to calm you down. Mm-hmm. You clearly start to, um, you know, you, st- you start to sort of come into more of an awareness to where you are.
1: Okay.
2: right, And that helps you de-stress, because you mm-hmm. are no longer thinking about your work. The, um, the third zone is still silent, but they start to come up from the more... Um, the more still sec, uh, segment of it, which is the second zone to something that they are actually going to be engaging. And we bring in um, art.
1: Okay. Right. Wow. Cause it's
2: important. Um, mm. We don't want them to think with their head. We want them to think with their heart. Okay. And so what we do um, is we use typically in person, we will use tea ink. So uh, ink uh, made uh, of tea, uh. get them to dip their fingers into the, the ink uh, and then start to do tea art. Wow! Right. So the idea there is very tactile, um, and and all of us love it. Like we don't talk about it, but we love messing with <laughs> you know, things and seeing all this, Right. So it's it's another way for them to, in silence, but not completely still, um, to calm down, to slow down, yeah. um, to connect. Um, in the digital space, because we are not there with them, uh, we will get them to draw uh, first with their dominant hand and then with a the non-dominant hand
1: okay interesting And
2: drawing with a non-dominant hand uh, creates a lot of different uh feelings and emotions for <laughs> them uh, and you obviously have to be very focused right uh, because you are doing um, a non-dominant hand the last zone is the zone that's actually the most powerful and you'll be surprised it's the zone that you can start talking Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it's always the most powerful, hackle because that within the workplace is when the colleagues start to share with each other their experience um, through the last three zones. And in doing so, they start sharing very, um, very human emotions. Because in the harsh zone, we get them to think about themes like gratitude and resilience and um, courage
1: mm-hmm.
2: right um and so when they are sharing in the fourth zone which is just called the sharing zone um you start sharing with each other as humans and not as colleagues and so i will Brilliant. see you as heikel used to be who i go to to get my leave approved <laughs> but now i realize oh heikel actually had such an amazing experience during his childhood and you know and he was sharing with that you know what i mean like and so you change so much of the team culture
1: I think that's so important because culture, as with lots of organizations struggle with, especially through COVID, is trying to maintain one or Mm. to now create a different one or to adjust you know, certain cultures because people are so displaced, right? I mean, their workforce is displaced. And and, yeah, yeah, it's just something that we we, we can't see. And it's interesting to see how you are evoking emotions with all of these different exercises, with the different zones. Um, And I was just going to say as well, you know, I find it difficult being at home Mm. when we are, you know, just by ourselves and not quite having that outlet. To yeah. just share, you know, there might be a colleague where you can just pull aside, like, oh no, yeah. that that guy's just not being great with me today, yeah. and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah, you exactly. can you can do you can do all of those things. But being alone is tough. Even right now, when we are commuting to wherever we are commuting, mm. commuting, I just think that the the human connection because everyone's wearing masks. Can you imagine oh, if I yeah. <laughs> I previously by commuting in the MRT or in the buses, you always see whether someone's angry, someone's happy, yes, and that yes, affects you yes, and, and that, that sets that, that sets your day. And I just think that you are able to bring all these emotions to the workplace mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, set your day the way that you hope to be, right? Mm, and that's yeah. something that y- we ha- we've been missing.
2: We have. We have. And, and, and that's such a great point that you you said, right? About this masking culture that yeah. we have. Um, we no longer see each other's um, emotions and and, and where we are, right? Because so much of how we express ourselves have always been through our facial expressions. And it's Uh, interesting
1: because that's being done in silence. Because, you know, when I look at strangers, I don't talk to them. I'm absorbing these. But you kind of
2: can connect with the same, right? Exactly. exactly. And this is why the deaf um, are so good in it. I call them our communication experts, (laughs) if you ask me. Really, because I think think we can speak, right? We can speak and we know words. But I, I sometimes think that, you know, we have lost... Perhaps a, a huge part of um, knowing truly how to communicate with each other, and I think uh, sadly that has come from us having a lot of these um, these tools and, and and resources that have come in between us, right? Uh, whether it's the phone, whether it's um, whether it's I mean, I, and I don't want to blame it just on technology devices, but um, But our life, you know, the way, the pace of life, um, the, you know, the the social narrative about just, you know, it's more important to achieve, um, (laughs) you know, and do it as quickly as you can, fast and furiously. Um, All of those actually um, have really taken us away from truly connecting. Yeah. Um, And I think it's good and bad. I think, you know, now that we're masking, I do find that people are making more of an effort because you're not always hearing so well. Um, You are not able to see that person as well. So so I do find that uh, more people are trying to make a more intentional, deliberate effort to be truly here when, you know, we're talking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
2: In the past... I mean, you know, in the past when you can hear and the words are clear and you can see the person, you kind of take a lot of it for granted. So so you're there in the sense that you can hear the words. But I, I, I would challenge whether we are there in presence.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I can totally resonate with that. I just came back from a short staycation with a family. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were in a restaurant and this lady who was serving us was so brilliant. Um, she was wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, but I can tell from the tone of her voice and she was I I know this may sound weird but she was smiling with her eyes constantly at Mm. us Uh, so we were able to notice that and we felt uh, in spite of the fact that we can't see her face we felt really well treated by her, being well served by her. But I
2: think that's interesting. I you that I reckon that if it was a, um, it was another normal day, you know, where we are not wearing masks, yeah. um, you may not pay as much exactly. attention to her. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Like,
2: so the part of COVID, which is really like I said, this little tiny virus, um I sometimes call it the God particle. Um <laughs> it, it it's it's kind of come to make us really kind of suffer, you know, but at the same time is sort of illuminated so many things yeah. for us, right? It certainly, um, allow us like the example you just quoted and cited for you to actually use a different part of you to connect with this yeah. lady, yeah. right? Cause you're no longer using your, um, typical sense of sort of filters yeah. and, and all of that, right? Now you are actually more present and, and, and you're definitely not doing it through just your, your side. Yep. Um, but it's more of, you know, the the, the whole of you actually yeah, Sort of yeah. sensing, you know, things around you and, and with people
1: Absolutely, I think it's brilliant that we are making a conscious effort well, Hopefully more and more yeah. people are going to be doing that yeah, um, yeah. But just taking the conversation back sure. to the workplace mm, mm. Do you, With us probably being still quite displaced mm. through 2021 Do you see... It being imperative for us to be more conscious of our emotions, taking breaks when we need to, uh, being more wary of the spaces around us, Mm. um, and just hopefully be more efficient in our work. Yeah, yeah, I
2: I totally think we have to... you know, this, this study I, I shared with you earlier, one in two, right, yeah. um, in, in Singapore, working in Singapore. So this is a workplace study, right? Okay. So it's not even the general population. Um, was actually at the at the onset of Circuit Breaker, mm. Michael. So if you think about it, um, that, you know, that was very intense in a short period of time, sure. But if you think about it, mental health has a long tail,
1: yeah.
2: right? Um, many people are fatigued. With this, um, you know, with this new way of being, right? Um, the, the the work from home. Um, some may find it a bit more normalized, but, you know, by and large, the numbers that we're seeing, a lot are still are actually getting um, deeper into the fatigue, mm-hmm. right? The, the pandemic, we call it the pandemic uh, or the crisis fatigue, you know? And that has a very direct impact on our mental health. Um, so I would... Clearly, um, you know, want to put it out there that we must not think that you know uh, we can now go out and have meals with our friends and things seems to be back to normal. Actually, they're not, yeah. right? Um, we are working harder and longer hours than we ever have. Exactly, right? And, and even before COVID. We were already in Singapore, right? The unhappiest workforce in the world.
1: Yeah, we we work the most, we work the we hardest, work the right? Most We've hours, seen many many the
2: least, yeah. right? So, so we were already not having very good um, vital statistics, lot, right? As <laughs> if you think about us as kind of uh, you know a nation, and so we are definitely working more. Um, we are not seeing that the Zoom meetings are going away, yeah. and in fact, now they are added on to. The resumed face to face meeting. So it's like, you know. You've um, got both.
1: You've <laughs> got both. <and> so <laughs> it's
2: added load, right? Yeah. So to your question, I think it's really, really very important that we now bring mental health awareness in no uncertain terms. Right. Don't even skirt around the issues. Don't even mince your words. Just create. In fact, this morning I was hosting um, our third um, CEO um, and leaders dialogue. Um, our meaning work well leaders work group, which is another group that I formed um, of CEOs and leaders um, across Singapore. And the idea there is to to actually create deliberate spaces to talk about mental health, to to have spaces and sessions and conversations where employees feel safe mm-hmm. to be able to share with their team managers and supervisors and leaders how they're actually feeling, right? When they are challenged. Um, because now that people are actually dispersed, you know, you don't even have your colleagues watching out for you yeah. in case you are actually going into you know, a bit of a crisis mode or a distress mode. Uh, And and we know that um, we also have a responsibility as leaders that now our employees are at home and if we do not support our employees appropriately in their mental well-being, Haikal, it actually completely affects their family too. Yeah. Right. Because so it's, it's so. More uh, yeah. And more because in people. the past, you still can say, "Okay, it's bad," but after ten hours, I'm gonna sort of decompress before I go back to my family. Yeah. Now you can't. If if there is a situation at work, you know, within the ten minutes, you might take it out on your child, yeah. or you might, you know, lash it out on your spouse, right, or your parents. And I think, um, that is there is a lot of work that we need to do in that regard. So workplace is very important because it occupies a very um, integral part of our lives, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it occupies a lot of our waking hours. Definitely. So, so I think um, employers and leaders have a real um, responsibility to make sure that we actually do not try to skirt around mental health. In the workplace, right? Provide the resources, the support structures, um, the spaces to talk about it, um, and 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 like you said, check in. Yeah. But also bring bring to um, the employees more of such um, um, what's the word um, capabilities, right? Whether it's um, understanding how to practice silence, yeah. for example, <laughs> um, how to how to structure your day. You know, so that you have um, you have those breaks and stuff like that. So those are the s- new skills that I think we need to equip our uh, our folks in the workplace. I think
1: with the previous episodes that we've recorded, it's yeah. always about having the trust um, that so we true. need to just you know convey to our employees to show them that we trust them to do the work that they do yes. and the breaks not mean that they're slacking off exactly, um, and exactly. they are just looking after themselves to make them even more efficient and yeah. more productive for the companies yeah. that they're working for and to normalize the conversations, right?
2: I, the normalizing it is so important. Uh, but I, on top of that, I do think, um, and having been a corporate leader for 30 years in the sector, right, in the corporate sector, I think... You know, leadership is not an entitlement. It's actually a privilege. And with that privilege, a bit like Spider-Man, it comes to responsibility, (laughs) right? And that responsibility means that we must, on the one hand, role model mentally healthy behaviors, like you said, right, to actually role model, oh, it's okay, I take breaks. Um, This is what I do to um, Mm self-care, right? Um, To look after myself. So you role model that. But the other part of it is the most important, and that is to even come forward to share your mental health struggles.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Um, because I think in doing so, yes, you obviously can provide resources and support structures uh, through your HR program, training programs, and all of that. But when, as a leader, you actually also step forward to share that, wow, you know, I actually almost had a bit of a meltdown and what that was like, I think that's so powerful to open up that space of trust that you talked about. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That trust that. You know, that comes from the vulnerability that the leaders are willing, which takes a lot of courage. Yep. And again, you're role modeling. So you, you don't just role model healthy behavior. Lah. You also must role model when you are actually going through challenges. Because yeah. unless you are a cyborg, right, there's no way you cannot not have emotional and, and mental health challenges. And so if as leaders, we can role model that courage to... Um, come forward with our vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. We open up this space that is um, that is of psychological safety yeah. for the employees to also say, "Hey, boss, you know, um, you know, I, I'm really struggling, and and tonight I might just have to take some time. I'll come back tomorrow, but tonight I'm really feeling like I'm about to sort of break down, or yeah. I'm not. But the leaders have to have to kind of role model that, yeah. you know, yeah. because. Because if not, then then employees are gonna always be concerned about would that affect you know my assessment, my career right. advancement. Um, so opening that space really have to come from leaders. I think in the larger scheme of things, I call if we wanna address this mental health um, challenge that we have as a, as a society, in fact, is a really big global health challenge. Yeah. We need to also, you know, make sure we stop this narrative that. Having mental health challenges means you're weak. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. Well, I just shared about, you know, my own experience. I mean, to that point, fourteen years ago, and I don't mind sharing. Other than being in the deep dark hole where you know I was clearly very depressed, I was going on a downward spiral. At one time, I was so awash with shame and despair because I was so broken that. Uh, and financially I was so broke that I was left with $16 and having been CEO of MNCs and all that I was so awash with shame and despair one moment I contemplated the distance between my 18th floor windows and the ground wow. right so I think um, and I'm not saying that that's what everyone would go through, but I'm just saying, uh, it doesn't mean that because it happens to me then, you know, um, it, it's not, I'm just saying that everyone's journey is so different. so different
1: and so unique.
2: Yeah. It's so unique. I, I came out of it, even though at that point I didn't think it was possible, but yeah. I came out of it yeah. because of uh, the support structures and the inner awesome. resources that I had. And I, I still have. Cool. I, despite the um, tape recorder going, I've lost this, I don't have this anymore <laughs> and all of that. Um, I think everyone deserves that, the support structures, but not everyone has that.
1: And so if we are able to provide that support structure as leaders, it will be hugely valuable to the yes. businesses that we run, the companies that we work for, and productivity and the efficiency of our team members. And it's just about being human, as you said, you know, it's it's it's, it's the core of it all, right? It's just just that.
2: I think we just forget that. Mental health. There's no mental health without. Um, there's no health without mental health. So that's the first assertion that we so easily forget because of the taboo and the yeah. stigma. Um, how can we say we're healthy if we're not mentally healthy as well, right? Um, but there's such a disparity between physical health and, and mental, mental health. health. The other thing which I shared earlier is we, we forget that mental health is a continuum. Yeah. You know, as I said, unless you're a cyborg, unless you know you don't feel, all of us have had. Some, some sort, sort of, of loss, some sort of major life transition, um, some time where we felt like we have been marginalized. Yeah. If you go through all of that, you never felt, you know, uh, an inch of being mentally challenged. Then wah,
1: you're a robot.
2: You are a robot. <laughs> Welcome to the, you know, to the world of robotics. Um, so I think I think just recognizing that and 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 you know, like you said earlier. Um, Normalizing it, right? Um, Flagging it to the surface. Don't sweep it under the floor or the carpet. Um, Talk about it so that we actually break the silence and we we remove that stigma and the taboo. And I think that's going to really be helpful because, as with any condition, the earlier we seek help, the less we're going to go to the slightly more challenging side of the continuum, which is clinical. Mm-hmm. Right, which it becomes a disorder it becomes a illness my own experience was I sought help I sought um, help at a psychiatrist um, and he didn't deem me to be clinical in the sense that he said well you have gone through such a lot in life obviously you're going to be in this place yeah. um, but then he gave me some tips to how to cope how to work out of it and of course like I said the support system around was just um, incredibly uh, valuable um, so the earlier we seek help um, the more healthy we are mentally, um, and and therefore you know we don't have to go to a part where, yeah, where we have to deal with a, a very different set of challenges when it becomes a clinical condition. But even then, it doesn't mean that we don't have a clear recovery process, you know. Um, but you know, if it's taboo, if it's stigma, I call, people won't come and seek help, lah.
1: We gotta break the silence. We have to, and we probably will be able to treat it, and help it out with silence as well. That's a great right? one. So you use
2: silence. And actually a few people, not a few actually, quite a number of folks during this sharing zone have actually shared openly in that space with their colleagues about their mental health challenges. So I love how you put it. Maybe we should think about it in the tagline. Because <laughs> um, our tagline for a while was Rush to Hush, right? that's pretty good um, that's well. pretty good but I like that I like I like how we're using silence to break the silence yeah. right and the silence we use silence to connect um, to create space of trust right and support yeah. and then in doing so we're using silence to break silence
1: thank you so much Anthea it's about being human about but breaking the silence it's about you know helping it all with silence uh, and that's the end of the episode thank you so much for sharing all that you shared I wish thank you, you and Harsh Tiba the very best Thank and you, you so know, much. we should catch up again soon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for giving us a chance here to talk about the harsh experience. And, and, um, and, and, and I'm so happy always that we're talking about mental well being as well. So am I. Thank yes. you, Anthea. Thanks, Heiko.